Welcome to Dance Matters Podcast, a place to be inspired, motivated and educated. A place where we invite performers to share their stories so we can celebrate all things dance and the performing arts. We're your hosts, Kaylee and Charlie. Dance Matters Podcast is proudly brought to you by Crystallized Costumes, the place for all your costume needs and adrenaline dance competitions. Today's guest, Angelique Casamatis, is a true triple threat performer, excelling as an actor, singer and dancer, with an extensive list of Australian stage and live theatre credits. Angelique began training for a performance career with the Dance Works in Brisbane, Australia, and furthered her studies at the Australian Dance Performance Institute. She made her professional musical theatre debut at the age of 12 as Pepper in Annie in 2000. She credits her breakthrough moment as the opportunity given to her by good friend Josh Robinson to create and star in the show Guilty Pleasures. Angelique has also performed in Pippin, Hair, Saturday Night Fever, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Rent, Mary Poppins, Strictly Ballroom and Little Shop of Horrors, just to name a few. But one of her proudest moments has to be playing the role of Cassie in a chorus line, which then also led to an opportunity to perform in the disco cabaret extravaganza Velvet for its Hamburg, Germany season. Angelique dreamt of a life on the stage from a young age and she was determined to make it happen, regardless of the setbacks and rejections. But before we discuss the true challenges that she faced, let's first take it back to a young and energetic Angelique who at two and a half years of age would not sit still. A young Angelique who actually hated her first dance class. I was a child that didn't sit still. So I walked before I crawled and I just would run, not run away, but just be, have so much energy. And my mum decided to put me into dance class at the local school in Brisbane when I was two and a half, even though the, you start at three, because I just had too much energy and I hated it at first. I was like, I don't want to come back. And then mum was like, you have to do this for at least a year and I was like what and then yeah within weeks I was like oh this is this is awesome here I am (laughs) so at two and a half what were you starting with was it a baby ballet a a jazz I think I think back in the uh, early 90s yeah we just did like a little just dance class and I don't even think it was two disciplines I think it just was like running around feeling the music and I was yeah that the highlight was at the end of the year got to the concert and we were like a fish and we did under the sea and everyone forgot it but I was like mid-dance but I was like this is awesome and then next year I got to be a zucchini in bikini and then you know started more classes and went oh I can tap yeah I want to tap oh I want to do acrobatics I want to do acrobatics and then through my studio which my mum ended up taking over when I was maybe mid-primary school we got some really fabulous teachers and I had a really wonderful ballet teacher who's not with us anymore Mr. Leslie White I had Helena who is an amazing dancer of the 80s like did absolutely anything in Australia she had danced in it I had some uh, a really beautiful singing teacher that I met quite late like around maybe 10 11 who had worked with a, uh, it's a long time ago now a tv show in Australia called Swallows Junior and then she ended up helping with Young Talent Time and her name is Margaret Mickelson and it just sort of grew from there and then 
as I got older, my mum took me to, to shows and I think it was Buddy Holly. And I was like, this is fun. This is so fun. And mum's like, no, those people up there on the stage, they, they, this is a job. I was like, what do you mean a job? And she's like, they do this as their job. Like maybe, maybe you could do this. And I was like, no way. Oh, actually, yeah, I want, I want to do that. And yeah, it's been a wonderful sort of full circle journey. A couple of weeks ago, I ended up playing my first lead role at the theater in QPAC that I saw my first show in. So it was a wonderful, wonderful full circle moment of life, I suppose. <laughs> now your mom took over running the dance studio. Was she a dancer herself or what led her to want to do that? I, I'm very lucky. Um, I am a, a Greek woman. My beautiful family is, both sides of my family are Greek. However, my mum is second generation and I'm third generation Australian, Greek Australian. And it just was a little bit different for them growing up. She really loved hotel catering management. She is an amazing seamstress. She's an amazing, she made all of my costumes growing up. Thank you, mum. She is very crafty, can make anything. She's a, she's a carpenter. But I think at that time it was her family moved over. They were, they were workers. They, they had shops and they were like, you want to be in the arts? No way. What's that? No, you have to get a real job. And so I'm very grateful for her for allowing me to get to experience something that I was really passionate about. And if it wasn't for her letting me have a go, I'd probably be, I'd probably be a school teacher or, which there's nothing wrong with that because my mum was a school teacher, but I probably would have taught dance in school instead of performing on the stage. Now you grew up dancing in Brisbane. Did you train in all styles? You did your tap, you did your jazz, everything that was on offer? We did, we did everything. Like I said, I had, I don't know what it was about our, our little studio, but we had some really wonderful ex-performers and we did, I trained in tap, I did ballet. Ballet was like a must if you wanted to do acrobatics, if you wanted to do anything Anything else you had to do ballet so we did we did a lot of ballet and my acrobatics teacher who was also my tap and my jazz teacher Miss Kathy Duramos at the time her parents were uh, like an amazing adagio act so she was an amazing acrobatics teacher so we did we were very lucky and we had a bit of everything and anytime there was a, a, a workshop that came to Brisbane I would do it and I my family lives in Sydney so every holiday summer holidays I'd be doing workshops I'd do Brent Street I yeah I'd always be booked in to do a like a week-long summer school and I loved it because you learn so much being around other people and it's and seeing how they move and yeah doing trying everything even if you might not be great at it but figuring out what you like and it was yeah it was really great I was really lucky. You made your musical theatre debut as Pepper in the hit musical Annie. How old were you and how did that opportunity come about? I was 12 so in Brisbane that was like uh that's our year seven and it was just like in the local paper and every dance school had their kids going and I think it was just lucky that I was a very short person even oh nothing wrong with being short but um yes so I I was the right height and I could sing a little bit and I could dance a little bit and act a little bit and it was yeah it was fun it was like a normal audition that you do as an adult we danced we sang we danced and sang again they measured us to make sure we weren't too tall and then they matched us up in the room with all different children and to see what 
I guess at the end of the day, it's awful, but um, to see how you look as a group. And um, yeah, I, I randomly made it to the to one of the two teams that they had, so I was very lucky. Was that one of the rare times in your career that being short was good? Do you know what? I'm a true believer that a lot of people ask me this question and I have never made it something that I focus on and something that's a downer. I've always gone, okay, I'm a very short person. That means I've got a little thing against me. What do I have to do? Well, then I've got to be really good at singing. I've got to be a really good actor and I've got to be a really good dancer. And yes, there's some things that you go, oh, I can't really audition for the Moulin Rouge, but that's okay. But I've never made it something that I've focused on because I've gone everything else. If everything else is up to par and spot on, then I know that it, at the end of the day, sometimes you don't get into something because you're, you look a different way. I tried to make sure that it, I wouldn't grow up making it an issue or focusing on that. And it, it hasn't really become a thing. Be so good. They can't ignore you. It's this wonderful quote. It's like, not that you have to compare, not that you have to compete. It's nothing about that. It's going, oh, bummer, she's really short, but I, I'm going to put her in anyway because look at that amazing performance. Look at that talent. So that's what I sort of live by. Be so good they can't ignore you and don't focus on it because at the end of the day, it is that something out of your control, but what can you control? I can control being as good as I can be, my training and being as prepared for each audition as I can and the rest is in their hands. Did you start singing lessons at a young age? I was about maybe 11 or 12. It wasn't as easy as dance, but I stuck with it because as I mentioned, my studio, well, the way my mum ran the studio, she was like, if you want to do the performances at the, the we had the echo or the, this performance here, you have to do ballet, you have to do tap and you have to do, you can't do one and not the other. So it was a lot. And we did a lot of performances so that I wouldn't feel nervous, which is good. But I um, still get nervous sometimes, but that's just, it's just excitement, just a different way around, I suppose. Did you have a natural singing talent? Oh, I don't know. I could sing in tune. I could sing in tune, but it's taken me a lot. And because I've started out as a dancer, people put you as that. And it's been more trying to, it's so weird trying to prove to people that you can do it. But really, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I could sing, but not well, but not terribly. So I was, yeah, not bad. What has your training been like in acting? I did speech and drama growing up throughout primary school and I just did it because it was fun. And then I sort of have been doing it all the way through my dancing as well. Um, When I sort of got a little bit older, my mum had a really wonderful friend that she went randomly went to school with in Sydney. Her name was Penny Cook. I don't think you would remember her, but she was in a a famous actress of the 80s, 90s and a little bit 2000s. And she was my mentor and mum introduced me and at first I was like, I don't want to ask her these questions. And then Penny was really lovely and coached me a little bit and she's an ex-NIDA graduate and just had some really wonderful ways of uh, going about attacking the, the material and and just also empowering me going, you, just because you haven't been to NIDA doesn't mean you can't act. I've then obviously continued because, you know, you get it, you have a little taste and then you just want more and you go, oh, what do I need to do to get those better positions? I've got to, pra- I've got to train more. So I've done a lot of TV workshops. I've done a lot of different acting workshops. And it's, it's scary because it's something, even though I did it from a young age, I haven't just trained in that solely, but it's, it's fun. It's fun to do things that you're not always going to be the greatest at, but that's where you grow the most. 
You studied at the Australian Dance Performance Institute where you received an advanced diploma in dance musical theatre. Why did you decide to enrol in that course? Oh, I I wasn't very great in school. It was either that or continue at QDSE, which I don't think they have that same program anymore, but it was at Kelvin Grove and that was a dance excellence program that focused a lot on classical ballet. But with ADPI, I was able to do homeschool, so I didn't have to do all the subjects and it just sort of fitted into my lifestyle or just the way that I worked as a person, as a learner. And it was a much better fit. A lot of doing and catching up on your own time, which I was terrible at, but I had some good teachers like whipping me in the butt, chasing me to get things done. But yeah, it was a better option for me at the time. What would you say was your breakthrough role? Oh, I was lucky enough to meet some really wonderful friends on a show I did called King Kong. And his name is Josh Robson. And he's just played Phantom on the outside of the harbour. And he just went, I want to start my own production company. He saw me sing in this competition in Sydney called the Rob Guest Endowment. And I was one of the top six. He goes, I think we should work together and put together a show. I was like, no, no. And then he's like, I've booked a theatre. It's in October. It's now, we finish in February, but let's just do it. And his show is called Guilty Pleasures. And it's the course of events that led the the murderesses in the cell block tango in that song. That's the inspiration. What led them to do those horrible things to their, their husbands. So from that, I was seen in a different light. A lot of people hadn't, didn't realize that I could act that way. A lot of people didn't know I could sing that way. And From there, I was lucky enough to get a couple more little opportunities like that. But if it wasn't for a friend believing in me and seeing me perform at at this wonderful competition at the time, I wouldn't have had a go. So I'm glad that sort of fell into place and I was very lucky to have that opportunity. You have performed in a number of musical theatre roles, including working on Rent, Hair, Pippin, A Chorus Line and Carmen. What do you love about musical theatre? I think... What I love about musical theatre is you get to do all three disciplines, some more than others. But what I love about it is singing, you break into a song when words and dance can't help further the story anymore. And they all three sort of coexist beautifully together. I love the element. I mean, some most of the time singing to a live orchestra or a live band, it's just so special and sometimes not all the time but you get those really beautiful moments where you just you're on stage the lights go down and you get like little goosebumps because you're so in that state of flow or that that moment in the in the show and it's just it's just really special and having so much time off after the last couple of years you think that you wouldn't miss it as much but it's really sad when you don't get to do it and it's even worse when you can't do it because of things that are out of your control so it's something really special that I get to do and just wonderful that it includes all the three loves that I like. (laughs) What have been your standout stage highlights? Oh probably getting to perform Cassie at the Sydney Opera House stage. It was an amazing moment. My very good friend Amy Campbell, I don't know how, but with the help of Darlinghurst Theatre Company in Sydney, she got the rights to this amazing production. But not only that, she was able to ask to be able to do her own choreography, which I think at the time had only ever been done maybe once. At the time, she was 
the first person really to be allowed to do her own choreography, which is wild. And then um, getting to perform it two years later, instead of at the Eternity Playhouse where it was meant to be, but getting to perform that at the Opera House was wonderful. It was a really beautiful moment and I won't forget it. (laughs) What has been the most difficult role you have performed and why? I would say it's a mix between I was very lucky to be in the the most recent production of Priscilla and that was difficult because you were singing in a harness in the air and that was interesting because yeah singing on the ground is hard enough but then when you're in the air all the things you have uh, sort of there to support you aren't there and the other one obviously would be just navigating Cassie and especially Amy Campbell's Corrie it was hard and just being able to dance that hard every every night and sing that way. It was a couple of months preparation, training through the rehearsal period, like just making sure that you are stronger than the piece that you're about to perform, just to have peace of mind. And every day it was like, okay, go do the do the exercises, do the warm-ups, do the activation of the muscles, and then go do the show and um, hope that you have enough energy to get to the end. <laughs> How has your dance training helped you to have a successful career on stage? Training is so important. And as I said, growing up, I wasn't allowed to do anything else unless I did ballet. I believe that ballet is, it's the same as classical singers. The opera, classical ballet is such an amazing foundation for any style of dance you do. And it's just so hard these days. Our beautiful industry is so amazing, but there are so many people out there. And I grew up with the guidance that I had to be not the best at everything, but I had to have a good training through dance. And that came with doing a lot of ballet, doing a lot of tap, doing a lot of jazz, doing contemporary, and not just focusing on the one style because there are so many people. And especially after the couple of years that we have had, there are so many people that would like to have jobs and the more versatile as a performer, as a dancer you are, the more employable you are. Even if you're a dancer who doesn't see themselves as a singer but has, you know, just done a couple of singing classes along the way, that puts you above the person next to you that just does dancing. It's not that it's a competition, it's just a a way of longevity. You love it, so you've got to give yourself as much chance to be in this career as you can. Do you have an agent? I do. I'm represented by an amazing lady called Peter Webb, and she represents a lot of musical theatre performers and TV artists. And she's wonderful. I've been with her for a long time. Do you think in order to make a career out of it, it's important to have representation through an agency? Ah, yes and no. You can actually find yourself auditions. All you have to do is you go to the websites of the actual producers. So Michael Castle Group, the John Gordon Frost Organization, GWB. They're just the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Michael Castle has Hamilton, Mary Poppins, Harry Potter. GFO does, I think he's doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. He's bringing Wicked. He did Book of Mormon and GWB. I think they are involved with Cats. I can't remember the other tours. I've just gone blank. I've probably said it wrong. But what you can do is you can actually go to their websites, the producers who are producing the shows, and they actually have submission a submission tab on their website and you can submit yourself there. It's Obviously, a level up if you are being submitted by an agent. But I think if you are going in for ensemble 
ensemble swing or ensemble cover. I think that, I mean, unless you book the job and you need someone to help negotiate your contract, you can definitely find or get yourself auditions without having an agent. It's just figuring out the ways to of going about it. How do musical theatre auditions work? Acting, dancing or singing first? It's a good question. It depends what show you're going for or what position you're going for. If you're going for a, a role, normally they will get you to come in and they'll send you material and you have to perform it. And if, if it, that role has a dance, you'll either you'll do that afterwards. Or if it's a dancing show and you're going in for a role that dances, they will put you in a dance call first with all the other people going for that same position. Now, on the flip side, if you're going in for ensemble, no matter if you're a really good singer or if you're a really great dancer, they will put you into a dance call, depending on the show. When I say that, it's like if you're going for Les Mis, you don't really do a big dance call. But this is for like most musical theatre shows, you'll do a big dance call first. And then if you go through the, the dance call, they will probably ask you to sing. And then from there, they'll figure out who is more of a singer, who is more of a dancer. And then they can, some depending on what show you're going for, I know Wicked does a dancer track and dancer audition and a movers audition. But most of the time they put you in one audition round together. And then once they hear you sing, they sort of put you where you need to be. But yeah, usually you'll start off with dance call and then they'll ask you to sing. And then sometimes they'll ask you to dance again and then sing again. And then maybe on that second sing, they might give you some material from the show and then you do that. But you'll, you normally have to prepare your own song in the style of the, the musical. Never, never anything from the show unless you're given it to you from the creative but yeah, that's sort of how it, how it goes. But now, I mean, you, some of them you submit a tape because of the way the world is right now, and then they'll bring you in for a, a call in the room with less people. If you're going for an ensemble role and you've gone through the dance and then you get to the singing, is it one-on-one? Do they do independent, you've got to sing a part? With, with singing, you will always go in on your own. So it's very, it's nerve-wracking. So the more practice you have, and and I like to say this to people a lot, like as you go through this the, the musical theatre world, you can sort of hear at the time, you can hear little whispers of things coming. And then what I would suggest is if singing isn't your strong point, I would start picking your song as soon as you hear the whispers or have a couple of songs that are in your book, maybe four songs that you can do for like a uh, something that's a little bit more traditional musical theatre, something a bit poppy, something a bit rocky and maybe a, a nice ballad just so that you can practice them up so that when you get to your audition for singing, if they have asked you to prepare your own song, you have had hours and hours of practice in those songs and you're not going to get nervous because you know them inside out, just as if you would do for a routine that you're performing in a show. Tackle it the same way as you would a dance combo. This is going to sound ridiculous, but are there any roles in musical theatre for more dancers who can only just hold a tune but aren't the best singers? Well, there there are a few, but you still got to be able to still have to be able to sing. But there are shows that are designed for dancers, like your Chicago's, your West Side Story has the the roles that are the dancer roles aren't as high. Uh, obviously, for the male presenting actors in the show, they are mainly singers. So a lot, a couple of roles in that are singers. So you you sort of pick who can sing, who's the tenor or voice if that makes sense but they're, they're designed 
are slightly lower depending on the dancing or associated with that particular role. Chicago, there are a few dance shows. A chorus line, a chorus line, everyone has a little solo, so that's slightly nerve-wracking, but it's designed, it's not as high of a score. It's designed to be able to sing with that much energy and force and also go hard in the dancing so that you're not pushing, reaching for the notes, but you, you do have to be able to sing a little bit, just a bit. You've got some lucky people out there that do get hired and, and sometimes don't have to sing terribly well because they are just incredible at what they do. But you you always, always will be having to sing unless it's like you're in an opera and you've got the main opera singers and you're the dancers in the ensemble of the piece. What is the most challenging thing about working in musical theatre? I would say it is, it's a tricky industry because in Australia there's only like about maybe four shows that come and if you don't book those shows you have a long gap until the next round of auditions and it's it's tricky and it's and the higher up you get in your career or the more ambitious you get or the more hungry you get you want to get those moments where you can have a little more than just you know dancing and singing in the ensemble but it's it's hard because there's not not as many jobs and there's so many amazing talented performers in in Australia especially I would say that that would probably be it. And also when that happens, it's to, and you might not get a job, it's finding the motivation, staying positive about why you want to do this because you're going to get a lot more no's than you are yeses. I always say this to people, it's like the wild, wild west because there's no structure to it. Sometimes you get a company that you audition for and they'll tell you, thank you so much but we don't want to see you anymore. Thank you for for coming in. But other times you can be put on hold and then you won't find out if you've got the job or not until they've announced the cast. It's pretty brutal. I would say you probably need uh, someone to help you with the rejection or just to stay positive and to remind yourself, even though it's hard to think, you are more than what you do on the stage. You are a human being and you are a really amazing person that might have other random hobbies and Having a job in the field that I've chosen to perform in isn't going to define whether I succeed or not. And that's taken a while. But that, yeah, that is the tricky sort of road that we walk. The amazing yeses and the awful noes, but knowing that if you ask yourself the question, do I still love doing this job? And the answer is yes, then you have to keep going. Because <laughs> it's hard otherwise. It's really heartbreaking. <laughs> If young dancers want to make a career in musical theatre, what advice would you give them? Oh, I would say if you can, try and get onto singing lessons and acting lessons as soon as possible. You're obviously all going to be very amazing with your dancing because at the moment I teach around the place I've taught in Brisbane and Sydney and everyone is superhuman with their dancing. And I would just say keep working on the, the traditional styles like your Fosse style, keep up your ballet, go to singing class even if you don't want to be a singer it just means that when those auditions come up if you do a a lesson like every week for a year and you you're like I'm not really a singer by that end of the year you will be very surprised at what you can do and how much your confidence will grow and then that way when you have to you get called up and you have an audition in a week or two weeks you can learn a song quickly and go perform it with confidence because I would say that's the the trickiest thing. You can go to an acting coach 
and they can coach you along the way. But I would say those two things are the real important things that you need to have because you're all probably going to be amazing dancers. Just really work on that singing and work on your acting. You've recently returned from performing in the disco cabaret extravaganza, Velvet, for its Hamburg, Germany tour. How did that opportunity come about? I was very lucky. I've auditioned for this show quite a lot and I just wasn't quite right. But my very good friend, Amy Campbell, was the choreographer for a chorus line and also for Velvet, the tour around Australia and in Hamburg, Germany. And she invited the director of Velvet to come see a chorus line and he liked what I did. And I was very fortunate to be offered the, the position. And yes, it was very fun, very fun to work overseas in a city that l- loves music and loves performing and really enjoys theatre, which is very different, slightly different to Australia. But yeah, it's great. What are you currently working on or what have you got up your sleeve coming up? I was very fortunate to come home and then two days later go to Brisbane to perform in a concert version of Singing in the Rain awesome because I got to tap and I haven't got to do that in a while but that was the last thing that I did for the year and now I'm on holidays which is good rest is important and I start back up again with gigs and that sort of stuff in January and then I go back to Germany to perform in Velvet again in uh, March so I'm excited for that. In your life what would you say that you are most proud of? I would say getting to put on my own show even though I thought I wasn't worthy, wasn't good enough wasn't prepared enough and I put it on and it went quite well so I would say that's probably my biggest achievement for me how did you overcome that feeling that you weren't good enough or you weren't ready to do it and actually put it out there and do it oh it was hard but it because I had my good friend producing it and he was a very good friend I knew that I had an end date and I had the theater booked and I was like oh my gosh I have well, I better flip and put something together. And I guess it was it was very stressful, but it was funny at that time I had a lot of space to concentrate on that to help write the script. We ended up getting new music made and yeah, it sort of fell into place, but it, it was yeah, stressful, but knowing that you had that date and that you booked in that end date, it, it kind of was a really great motivator to get it done. (laughs) So many wonderful opportunities and achievements. Now, you mentioned that rejection has been a challenge that you face. Would that be the biggest challenge that you've come across? Oh, absolutely. And it's a very different world now to what I was growing up with in the industry, just with social media and that instant gratification, and you know, which is wonderful. And I love that we can share so quickly. But sometimes it's completely out of our control getting a job no matter how hard we work how much uh, effort we put in it's out of our control and you will get more no's than you get yeses and I think mentally you must help sorting out your mental health and talking to someone or having a coach or having a mentor or having someone that you can help ask these questions so they can help with some great advice along the way. Because at the time when you're starting out, you just think a no is, oh my gosh, I've done something wrong in the room and it could, it might not be anything to do with that. It just might be, you're just too short or you're too tall or the costumes are X amount of money and we can't take them in or let them out that much unfortunately it it just might be that there are three or four of you that are exceptional at the role and the 
the producers or the American creatives or the overseas creatives like your friend more than you just on that particular day. Or some people audition way better in, in the audition and then they get to the show and maybe you're just not as great as auditioning that day. It can be heartbreaking because it costs so much to do what we, we love, not just financially but personally as well. And I think knowing that having knowing that you need to have a strong um, sort of support system, especially just if you can talk to someone about it or ask the questions because it's, it's important and the rejection is, is sometimes it's fine but it's hard and it's probably the worst part of it is the nose, hearing the nose. <laughs> What does dance mean to you? Oh, dance was my first love. I love acting and I love singing, but it's it's the first thing I ever started out with and I became obsessed with it. As I've gotten older, I realise how lucky it is to still be able to, I'm not as amazing as some of these younger people with their amazing facility, but I, I'm very grateful for my body that I can still move because it really is when you're having an awful day or if you're having a, a little bit of a, slump in that week or you're just having a moment and you get to move your body and shake it out and let your mind leave you it's such a wonderful experience and to be able to have or know of a way to get you out of your head is so so important and yeah I'm very very grateful that the body is still there and I thank it you know I know that sounds silly but I thank it at the end of a chorus line when we all got sick with COVID and we all came back in no amount of time at all it was nuts and I got to the end and I didn't go off and I didn't get an injury and I went thank you thank you body for staying with me and being strong throughout this bizarre crazy time it's yeah it's wonderful to be able to still dance what advice would you give to your 10 year old self don't wait around just do it you are capable of more than you know do it do it put on your own show write that script do a singing lesson get out of your comfort zone that's when you grow the most what are your goals and dreams for the future? Oh my gosh, we'll be here forever. I think obviously you have your list of shows, your bucket list shows that you'd like to do, but over the years I, I kind of have changed that and just have said I would really like to keep on going in this world. I, I love performing and I'd like to keep performing a little bit longer. Well, as long as I can, I'd love to act more. I'd love to sing more. I think my goals would be to continue, I don't know how, but to create, to perform and to inspire people in this industry and try continue to keep as my main job. That would be my goal. Where can people follow your story? I'm not terribly great with the social media, but you can follow me on Instagram at my full name, Angelique Casamatis, and everything's on there. <laughs> but obviously, remember, Instagram is not reality, so um, just keep doing you, keep being you, and, yeah, don't worry about what other people are doing. Stay in your lane. Well, Angelique, thank you for giving up so much of your time. We have loved chatting to you. It was so wonderful chatting with you. Thank you very much for chatting with me. Thanks, Angelique. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us for another episode of Dance Matters Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend or on your socials. It would be greatly appreciated if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and rating. That helps the show reach more people so that we can keep bringing episodes to you. Make sure you check out Crystallized Costumes whenever you need your next costume. And Adrenaline Dance Competitions.
for well-run dance comps. And if you haven't caught up with all of our other episodes yet, head on back and check them out. There are some incredible stories waiting to be heard. Remember, listen, love and learn. Bye! Bye.